I'm Sid. And I'm Jess. And And this this is the Book Boyfriend Project. Today, we are going to review Chase Me by Tessa Bailey. And this is Jess's first Tessa Bailey book, right? I believe so, yes. So I've been a fan of Tessa Bailey for several years at this point. I first fell in love with her with her Hot and Hammered series. And to be quite honest, I haven't explored her backlog much beyond that. But now after this book, I'm a little bit nervous too. Because like, this book wasn't bad by any stretch, but like it's not the Tessa Bailey standard I've come to know and love. Okay, so the Hot and Hammered series came out when? I don't know. So, 2019 and 2020 is when those were released. Mm -hmm. And then this book was released. This book was released in 2015, which is about four years before the other ones. And a lot in a writer or in an author's writing style can change in that time. Right. So, let's read the synopsis first Mm -hmm. it says college dropout roxy cumberland moved to new york with dreams of becoming an actress but her dwindling bank account is quickly putting the kibosh on that fantasy to make some quick cash she signs up to perform singing telegrams her first customer is a gorgeous cocky manhattan trust funder if she ever laid eyes on one and what could be more humiliating than singing an ode to his junk courtesy of his last one night stand (laughs) Maybe the fact that she's dressed in a giant pink bunny costume. After a night out to celebrate winning his last case, lawyer Louis McNally II isn't prepared for the pounding in his head or the rabbits serenading him from the front door. But the sassy wit and sexy voice of the girl behind the mask intrigues him, and one look at her stunning face, followed by a mind-blowing kiss against his door jam, leaves Louis wanting more. (laughs) Roxy doesn't need a spoiled rich boy who's had everything in life handed to him on a Tiffany platter. But there's more to Lewis than a sexy surface, and he's determined to make Roxy see it, even if it means chasing her all over NYC. So, initial has lots of promise. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that I think are different in the actual book compared to the um thing is that not only is she ha- does she have a dwindling bank account but she also put a timeline of I think two years to like have something happen in her acting career before she would like move on mm-hmm. and I think we are a little bit past that at this point yeah um when this book begins mm-hmm. so she's also like starting to think about maybe I need to, like, give up this dream of mine. Not only that, but she has, like, no support from her parents at all. Yeah. Her mom and dad basically had her when they were, I think, just fresh out of high school or in still in high school. Yeah. And she was baby, basically an oopsie baby, and they do not let her forget that she was not planned and she really was not wanted. Um, it's heartbreaking. Which is actually really sad. Um, but her mom basically makes her feel like she is dumb for wanting more from her life than being a housewife in their small, I think, Indiana town. Midwestern town. Midwestern, yeah. 
So let's hop into the plot a little bit and the characters that make up this story. So, of course, we have Roxy. She's broke and aspiring actress, and she has emotionally neglectful parents, which we've already touched on a little bit. And then there is Lewis, the love interest in this book, who is an old money lawyer who takes pro bono cases to make up for being born into money and privilege. So, like, he's painted as, like, kind of a Superman character. Mm, yes. But he also, I feel like, has more morals than the rest of his family and what his upbringing kind of, like, made for him. So, basically, his dad was a lawyer, I believe, and had lawyer friends. And Lewis ended up going into lawyering. But as part of his contract for his current law firm, he is required – he, like, makes it required that he's allowed to take on, I think, like, 100 hours of mm-hmm. pro bono work. Mm-hmm. Um each year and in this book his contract is actually up for renewal Mm -hmm. um so that becomes like a minor plot point i wish they would have explored that a bit more yeah i do too honestly Um, i feel like one of the big things that this book was missing to make it like a true tessa bailey home run is a lot of the little like side plots mm -hmm. that really add a lot of character development and richness to the plot that was the biggest thing that i noticed with this book that was just kind of lacking Compared to some of her newer books. Mm-hmm. See, with most of these, like, rom com type books, they're more character-driven than they are plot-driven. Mm-hmm. And for that, I feel like you need to see a lot of character development. Yes. And I feel like this book falls just short of that. Oh, absolutely. I 110% agree. Like, we see Roxy start to come out of her shell because she's very closed off. She doesn't want emotional attachments. And everything, and <sighs> Lewis was very, very one-dimensional to me. Oh, yeah. He definitely was. I just, I can really, really see a difference in these characters and this plot compared to some of her newer books. It just, it's lackluster. Mm-hmm. So I almost want to have you read, like, a newer Tessa Bailey book and then share your thoughts. Because this mm-hmm. is, I feel like this is not representative of her current best work. Mm-hmm. So the plot starts out with Roxy and kind of showing up on Lewis's doorstep as the synopsis says she's in a bunny costume. She sings a song. It was hilarious and had me laughing. Um, His, like he had a one night stand the previous night. He Mm -hmm. was celebrating a big win on a case. And then they're both very attracted to each other and Lewis Offers her a $20 tip to take the bunny hat off so that he can see her face. Mm-hmm. Roxy says no. Um, but I think then takes it off just to, like, show him she does have a pretty face. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't really understand the point of saying no and then changing your mind, but whatever. I don't know. Um, they kiss. And then she, like, leaves very quickly. Mm-hmm. Lewis becomes kind of obsessed with Roxy. He's dying to learn more about her. He's so desperate to see her again that he calls the hookup from the night before that sent him the singing telegram and begs her to tell him where she ordered it from. So then, you know, he calls the office, like, that does the singing telegrams, Mm -hmm. and... (laughs) she's dressed as Lady Liberty and comes to his office and, you know. She's 
slightly curious. <sighs> yep, in front of his whole office, and no one is supposed to be there because it's like a Monday and everyone's supposed to be in court or something. And but everyone actually comes back early, and she's in her Lady Liberty costume, so of course she just like takes it off mm-hmm. and kind of like walks out there and like I think like a tank top and jeans is what she had yeah. underneath of it or something. Yeah. And she's pissed. So Lewis convinces her that this was he didn't do it to be like a jerk or to humiliate her. He just wanted to see her again, which is kind of cute. It is, but like also, dude, like he could have chose a better costume. You really could have. Or just, like, delivered it to your home. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know if they even get to do the costumes, but, like, I don't know. It was a mess. So, um, Roxy agrees to see him again pretty reluctantly. But at this point, she's still homeless. So, she finds an ad for a room in an apartment that she can afford. And she's literally racing this other woman down the street to this apartment to interview for it. She pounds up the stairs. And lo and behold, there's already another girl there. But it's a two-room opening, just not a one-bedroom opening. So, she's able to find a place to live. And she kind of gathers these little nice friend roommates in the process so we have honey who is like this sweet southern roommate she likes to cook she's very like not motherly what's the like nurturing That's yeah she's very honey. nurturing and then the other roommate is abby she's rich she doesn't actually need the money that comes with having roommates mm-hmm. but she's been living here for about six months she doesn't like any of her co-workers they're all kind of stuck up mm-hmm. I think she has, like, some kind of office computery job. Mm-hmm. And so she basically is offering these two bedrooms in Manhattan for, I think, like, two fifty dollars a piece. Yeah, which is unheard of. Which is, like, at least a third of what you would pay at most other places, if mm-hmm. not a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so her only requirement is she wants people that she can become friends with mm-hmm. because she wants friends. Which is so sweet. It really is. I, so, like, her and Honey start having, during the week, they have dinner together and everything. And Roxy kind of... She just does her own thing. Doesn't. She just kind of, like, takes food into her room and eats in her room and kind of continues to be, like, a little... Hermit? Yes. She's a little hermit. Like us in college. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but then eventually she kind of ventures out and start talking to, starts talking to them and they become friends, which was super cute. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that the rest of the books in this series follow Honey and Abby. Um, so I'm like semi-interested in reading those just to kind of see if the characters do develop over time and kind of what happens. But also... I don't know. We'll see what kind of audiobook I have this month. Sometimes I'm, like, desperate for audiobooks, and other times I, like, have too many that I can't fit them all in. Yeah. 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 So, also, um, she obviously needs to put a deposit down on the place, so she ends up having to write a bad check. Mm-hmm. And as she's going to different um, auditions and everything – she ends up really desperate to be able to get this money into the bank on time. So when she was originally... Originally? Yes. You having a brain fart? No, I was <laughs> trying to say originally and initially oh. at the same time. 
So I What's um, a new one? My mouth couldn't make the sound <laughs> work. <laughs> so yes. Um so originally when Roxy was looking at the singing telegram job, they also offered her rates if she wanted to be a stripper. What and, a company. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have one, you might as well have the other. So in order to make this money and make sure that the check doesn't bounce, she ends up calling the guy and does a stripper job. And lo and behold, Lewis's future brother-in-law is having a bachelor party that same night. And of course, um, who do they hire but her? And actually, the one-night stand, which I thought this was kind of a nice, like, added thing mm-hmm. that could have just been left as mm-hmm. maybe it's chance that she was hired. That mm-hmm. actually the one-night stand from the beginning of the book is Lewis's future brother-in-law's friend, mm-hmm. and she's the one that hired the stripper. Yes. And she made sure to get the same one. Um, so, like, Roxy would be the stripper at the party. Yeah. To humiliate Lewis or Roxy or whoever, because Lewis told her why he wanted the telegram, the singing telegram number. It wasn't like a, oh, you know. Yeah, he was He was not dumb. vague about it at all. <laughs> He was dumb. He's like, I thought that showed emotional maturity. I'm like, dude. No, it doesn't (laughs) at all. You should have just said you wanted to get it for your niece's birthday party or something. (gasps) Yes. Not that he has nieces, though. No. But, like, it was a one-night stand. How does she know? Yes. So, Roxy's super humiliated about about this. And then Lewis ends up, like, dragging her into a back bedroom or something and giving her his shirt and then Roxy is just pissed about the whole situation mm-hmm. and doesn't really let Lewis explain. Mm-hmm. So then she goes back out and does like a monologue for <laughs> something. I forgot what it was too. I feel like it was some movie or something. Yeah, but it's it was... like her go-to audition monologue because she wanted to feel like she still earned the pay for the night. Right. Which so... is kind of funny. And then they both end up outside the door, and Lewis, like, gets her to forgive him, and they end up going on a date the next night. Mm-hmm. So, I loved the scene when he picked her up from the date. I or for it. the date. So, he shows up to her apartment, and Abby won't open the door. She's like, I'm not dressed. I don't want to miss it. And he's like, well, what if I just come inside and close my eyes and promise not to leave before you finish getting dressed and she's like oh okay like lewis has some sisters he has some crazy ass sisters his sisters kind of scare me i also think the rest of the stories might be about like his sisters i kind of hope they are i feel like that may be more interesting i don't know i kind of want like one about honey and one of lewis's friends getting together because remember like the one Mm. friend was super into one of them yeah Yeah, I do remember that. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's been, like, a month since we read this book. It's been at least three weeks since I read this book. Maybe it was a month then. Yeah. Um, so, he picks her up, and everything goes great. They go to this, like, Italian-themed mall. They have dinner at a brewery. Things get hot and heavy on the roof. 
And then she gets a call about an audition that Lewis uh, on the down low arranged for her. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Like this like amazing directors reaching out to me and I didn't even audition. And she's just like shocked. Super excited and shocked about this. And repeatedly, Roxy makes the comment that she wants to be able to make it on her own. She doesn't want anything handed to her in life. And so the way that Lewis does this and doesn't tell her about it, um, I mean, granted, he calls the family friend before they really had a chance to discuss her wanting to make it on her own. But still. But he should have told her that he was the one that did it. Um... That was still kind of disrespectful. Right. So, um, everything goes great on the date. They head back to Lewis's place to get it on, but his crazy twin sisters are there because one of their fiancés had a stripper, aka Roxy, at his bachelor party. And so Roxy quickly gets out of there because that's super awkward for her. Yeah. Lewis has literally just finished telling Roxy this story about how the twins slashed this guy's tires because, well, because he believes that this guy beat him at a, beat them at a talent show at summer camp years ago. Mm-hmm. It's really for a different reason, but like still, they're a cutthroat. Yes. Um. So Roxy ends up going to the audition the next day. Everything goes well. Um. It's, there's like only two other girls there and then she ends up getting the part, but the guy gives her the feeling that, like, if she's not on the director's casting couch, per mm-hmm. se, like, if she doesn't sleep with him, then the part's not really hers. Um, Which is gross. Yeah. I, I don't. Really, I really do not like this guy. Mm-mm. So, the next day, Roxy surprises Lewis at court during one of his pro bono cases and is super impressed by the fact that, like, he even does these kind of cases. She didn't really know what kind of lawyer he was, um, and so she is very excited about this, and he's excited that she's there, and they end up, like, going into some offices in the courthouse and having sex in a filing room, which, like, I work. Why don't work in a courthouse? But there is a filing room, and it's not its not sexy. It smells musty. Same. <laughs> Same. But ours is, like, really big, and all of the stacks kind of compress in together. Mm-hmm. So either someone is going to notice that there's a hole when they go in there to get something, and yeah. then they're going to check and make sure they're not going to crush a body. So they're going to see you, or they won't check. And they're just going to start winding it back and you're going to get squished. Then it's like a Star Wars situation with a trash compactor. Yes. Yes. Have you watched Star Wars? I've watched bits and pieces of some of them. Okay. Yeah. We we will add it to the list. <laughs> it's a growing list. <laughs> um. So, Lewis wants to come over the next day, but Honey and Abby are on their periods and obviously out for blood. These girls are, like, seriously murderous. Like, I, I don't know if I'm just, like, tempering with age, but I feel like I've not been this murderous on my period in, like, years. No. No. Like, no, you're still that murderous? Or, like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can temper it outward, but inwardly, I'm, like, I'm going to murder all of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's rare that I'm that crabby anymore. Like, inside, I'm, like, ten times crabbier than I am outside. (laughs) 
Like, my inside soundtrack is just like, hmm. Butcher Knife would be good for that one. It's the Queen of Hearts soundtrack off of your head. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yup. Oh. Um, so, Lewis brings over ice cream, and he brings over bridesmaids, and he, like, totally does the most amazing boyfriendy things ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to Roxy's room, and Roxy's self-conscious um, about the differences between what she assumes to be his place and what she's built his place up in her mind and the way that her apartment, like, the way that her room looks, and it's kind of barren. Mm-hmm. She and Lewis get into a huge argument about... Um, really him not inviting her to his family dinner and basically she just takes that as like I'm not good enough for you and then he just leaves and like after he leaves he's like that was the stupidest thing I could have possibly done mm-hmm. and you're right <laughs> while he's there um, he talks about she asks him what he's doing like the next day and it comes up that he has a family dinner Yeah, and then he doesn't follow it up with do you want to come and she even makes the comment in her inner monologue that like I wouldn't have gone it just would have been nice to be invited yeah which like I don't know to me that just would have been a conversation like hey why don't you want me there I don't really want to come it just hurts that you don't want me there like yeah well she was just already in a vulnerable place because she was feeling self-conscious about her room so I mean I it could, yes, it could have been a better conversation. I don't know. Sometimes, especially when it's, like, a new adult novel, I have such an issue with, like, not acting like an actual adult. Same. Like, we are both in, we are the same age as Roxy is right here. Or, or younger. I forgot how old she is. I think she's, like, 23. Oh, yeah. We're younger than she is right now. And I feel like we have better communication within our relationships. Yeah. But also there's way less drama in our relationships and no one would want to read about it, so. True. (laughs) So at this point, they're both miserable. Roxy's feeling conflicted about her, like, role that she got. And she is trying to decide whether the role is good enough that she should sleep with the director or if, you know, she wants to stick to her morals and not sleep with him. Mm -hmm. So she goes to the next kind of practice or whatever rehearsal that's what it's called and the director's like hey I think we need to like nail down this dancing scene it's like club dancing so like grinding and he's like trying to make a move on her and she like kind of considers it for a second and we see her in her monologue of like you know what like I've had bad sex before like I'll just get through it like I did before and she has this moment and then she comes to her senses and she starts to like fend him off but at this point he's like oh you want me to like you want it rough and so he like tries to pull her back and like it's just a really not great scene it's very uncomfortable but then she socks him right in the the face face. yes and then at this point lewis was like at the dinner with his sisters and his sisters reveal that This guy was super creepy because he, like, told them what he did and how he called. And they told him that, like, yeah, he's super creepy. And he was, like, watching us at camp this one summer. Mm -hmm. And And that's why they stole, like, our underwear or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so Lewis, like, comes and, like, tries to save the day. But, like, she doesn't need a man. Right? So they leave together. 
he like the director guy reveals that lewis is the reason roxy like gets the part so of course roxy's furious again Mm -hmm. fast forward 48 hours roxy and lewis are still miserable roxy won't leave her bedroom and lewis won't leave his apartment so roxy decides to give him another chance and goes over to his apartment in her bunny suit to apologize and they kiss and make up and live happily ever after yeah there's not much substance in this book like i knew there wasn't when i did this when i did our notes but like going back through them i mean there's not much that happens there's not like an actual plot yeah it's completely character driven yeah and the characters which usually i like are like maybe like one to two dimensional they're not really three dimensional in that at all no um I would give this maybe a two and a half out of five. Like, yeah. it wasn't horrible. I would agree. It just wasn't... It's not a Tessa Bailey novel. I need you to yeah. read one of the new one, newer ones because it's better. Um, per usual, Tessa Bailey, I read somewhere that, like, someone quoted her as being, like, the Da Vinci of sex scenes or something like that. I feel like that's the wrong person. Did Da Vinci <laughs> write? Da Vinci was a painter. Yeah. I don't remember. Something like a famous writer of sex scenes. She writes great sex scenes, I think. Um, I mean, they're not tacky. They're never, like, overly long. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a nice length, but they're not so long that you're like, okay, on. <laughs> let's be done. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've had books like that where it's just, like, endless yeah. sex scene. And I'm like, you yeah. know. That's not what I plan to read. Like, it's okay if that's, like, what it's marketed as. Yeah. But if it's not marketed specifically as erotica, then I'm like, you know what? No. Like, I need some plot here. Please and thank you. Um, But I think that's kind of it. I feel like we've really shared our thoughts on the book as a whole kind of as we've gone through this you guys will have to let us know if you are a fan of Tessa Bailey and what your favorite book is from her I just read Window Shopping and It Happened One Summer and I really really love both of those but I don't know if they top the first book in the Hot and Hammered series for me. That one was my first Tessa Bailey book. I just love it a lot. See and when you first said Tessa Bailey and you suggested this book I thought Tessa Bailey was the one that did like the like seven or eight book Small Town Alaskan Home one. No that's Piper Rain. See, I thought that's who we were reading, and I was kind of excited for, like, a small-town romance Oh, no, we can setting. read those ones, too, if you want. I mean, a little book club. <laughs> yes. Jess and I have decided, decided to start a two-person book club as if we didn't have enough books to read with the podcast <laughs> for books that we don't necessarily want to discuss on the podcast, but, like, we just need a reading buddy for. Mm-hmm. Yep, but I think that's it from us today. I yeah. don't have anything else to add. I don't either. Um, If you guys aren't following us already on your favorite podcasting platform, please do. It really helps us out. And don't forget to check us out on social media as well. But that's it from us today. Thanks for listening.